Yo, 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 what's up? It's Rob Brubaker, founder and creator of Build Your Better Boat Podcast. What's better than fitness, health, nutrition, mind-boggling lifestyle changes, and, hmm, I don't know, maybe a little bit of comedy. This is what Build Your Better Boat Podcast is about. So come on out and listen up to the hottest boat in town. Yeah, that would be me. Uh, I'm actually, I'm kind of like a cigarette boat because... I'm super fast, I'm hot, I'm sexy, and kind of like what everybody wants on the lake. But in actuality, I'm not really that fast. I run pretty slow, and I'm actually not all that sexy. So, but I think I'm a cigarette boat. Anyways, tune in, listen up, and enjoy. BYB Beards, what is up? I'm Rob Brubaker, host and creator of the Build Your Better Boat podcast. Build Your Better Boat and BYB Elite. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing good. I know I'm doing good. Do you have a child who is smarter than you? Because I do. My son, and I know, I know, I know everyone's like, thinks their child's the smartest thing in the world. They're going to be the next, you know, genius who's going to come up with the cure for cancer or whatever. Everyone's kid's the smartest. So I'm not, I'm not saying that your kid's not smart your kid's not smarter than my kid I think kids in general are smart they're smarter than what we used to be when we were kids so for instance yesterday I took my oldest son who's seven he's he's just about to start second grade and he's a huge reader he loves reading this kid reads all the time he reads He's going to the bathroom. Anytime we get in the car, he's got to have a book to read. And I, and I love that. I love that about him. Uh, I was not a reader as a kid. I read more now um, as an adult. But he still outreads me. So he wanted to go to Barnes & Noble, which he calls Books & Noble. Daddy, can we go to Books & Noble? And he wanted to get a new book. He loves soccer. He plays soccer. And he wanted to find a book on soccer that could help him strategize uh, against other teams. And the example he provided to me was that he, he wanted to be able to learn what the other teams are doing. And try and figure out the plays that they're doing. So the fact that he's even thinking like that it makes him way smarter than me. So we get into the car and he's super, super interested in this election, which uh, is it's surprising and it's not surprising because most kids I could care less, but at the same time, it's all he hears, right? He hears everyone talking about it because it's a huge election for 
whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, or whatever your views or, you know, the policies that you favor, we all know it's a big election for multiple reasons, for, for many people. So he hears a lot about it, right? So he's constantly asking people, who are you going to vote for? We kind of have that conversation, like, you don't need to worry about this. You're a kid. Be a kid. Don't worry about stuff like this. Uh, so we get in the car. We're driving to Barnes & Noble, or as like he calls it, Books & Noble. And he says, Daddy. I go, yes, son. Because if you were the president, what's the first thing that you would do? First off, I never, never in my life asked myself this question. <laughs> so, if you have, kudos to you. But I have not. So, I'm thinking, I'm like, ah, I don't know, buddy. I Let me think a second. The first thing that came to my mind is what type of White House dog I would get. Maybe because I just got my puppy. I got my Mako puppy. And he is a Border Collie mixed with an Australian Shepherd. They call it a Border Aussie. So I start thinking. I'm like, would I get a Border Aussie? Would I want Mako in the White House? Right? Because there's plenty of, there's plenty of lawn where he could play. And he's a border collie. He needs a lot of energy. Plus, being the president, I would probably have a lot of staff members that could help keep him energized and busy during the day. So then, once I got to, you know, sit down in the Oval Office or my wing or wherever it is, he would be ready to just relax and cuddle and snuggle with me, right? But he's also a digger, and I don't know how that would work with the Rose Garden if he would dig up stuff in the Rose Garden and then for my press conferences, how would I explain to the reporters and the American people that the Rose Garden looks like terrible because of my border collie dog. So then I start thinking, and the whole time this is what's going through my head. So I finally tell him and I said, I, the first thing I'd probably do is figure out what type of dog I want for the White House. And he was like, really? And he said it just like that. He was like, really? And I go, yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing I would do. And he goes, well, let me tell you what I would do. And I go, okay. He goes, I would try and stop coronavirus. And I go, that probably would be a better option than picking out what type of dog you want to live with you in the White House. So you all, right there, he showed that he's smarter than me. He says, I said, I said, well, you would stop the coronavirus. I go, how would you do that? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I'd probably shut down the schools. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, but you also have to understand that if you shut down the schools, how are kids going to learn? He goes, 
Well, maybe I wouldn't shut down the schools. Maybe I would just open everything up, but I would make everyone wear masks. And I said, okay. I said, well, that's that's a good idea, too. And he said, or maybe I'll open everything up and say, nobody wears a mask and it would be like a chicken pox party. And I'm not gonna lie, I had to Google what a chicken pox party was because I was not aware of what a chicken pox party. I'm not exactly sure how he was aware of what a chicken pox party is. But apparently, when the kids had chicken pox back in the day, which I was part of that generation, I had the chicken pox in first grade. I remember having the chicken pox. Apparently, if a kid got the chicken pox, parents would invite other kids over who had not gotten the chicken pox because they would want their kid to get the chicken pox just to get rid of the chicken pox. So, not get rid of it, but they, once you get the chicken pox, you don't typically get it again. So they would just want their kids to get it and get over, get over it. So he had this brilliant idea that he would have a chicken pox party, but for the coronavirus, he would just open up the country and no one would wear masks. And so long story short, again, don't. This is not a political channel. This is not a political podcast. However, it shows me that he's thinking. And that he's understanding some of the things that are going on. Way more than I am. Or half of the other Americans in this country. (laughs) So, I don't know. Let's just maybe slow down on our thinking. And, uh, again, me. Worried about whether or not my new puppy will be a good fit for the White House. And the seven-year-old is more worried about beating coronavirus. That's awesome, man. Proud dad moment. Proud dad moment and not proud personal moment. But I do think Mako would be a fantastic dog in the White House. All right, so... uh, Let's see here. I had like a little thought over the weekend. And it's it's one of those thoughts where we always have to like defend our reasoning on doing something healthy. Or what could be healthy for ourselves. So, for instance, uh, I hear people who are on keto a lot defend why they're on keto. And they'll say, you know, they'll lose weight. And someone will say, hey, how are you losing the weight? And they'll say, oh, I did keto. And, um, but my doctor, my doctor is encouraging me to do it and wants me to cut the carbs. Blah, blah, blah. Or, for instance, like if someone goes vegan or plant-based they'll say uh, oh I'm sorry I'm I'm vegan or I eat plant-based foods 
and then they'll say they'll, they'll give their reasoning why but it's not I'm not doing it because of animal rights I'm not doing it because of animal rights um, or I've heard people who say I'm taking I'm, I'm, I'm not drinking alcohol I'm not drinking alcohol anymore and someone might say really and then they'll say I'm not I'm not an alcoholic I don't have a problem but I'm just I'm, I'm cutting it out and I think that's fascinating that we feel obligated to explain our own personal decision on how we want to feed and fuel our body so for instance, if someone wants to cut alcohol out of their life because of it's flat out not good for you. Alcohol is terrible for you. It's empty calories. It's dehydrates you. And, and I know there's the people out there and they're like, but the antioxidants in it. Like, no, 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 no. No, 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 it is not good for you. And someone said, but in moderation, yes, in moderation, it's fine. But here's the deal. It's not, it's not, it's not good for you. But people have to defend the reason to stop. They have to. They have to put an asterisk, asterisk next to it to says, um, I'm, "I don't have a problem," or "I just, I just need a break from it." Right? Rarely will you ever hear someone say alcohol is just terrible for you. I, I'm not drinking alcohol because it's absolutely awful for you. Right? But people are okay with saying, hey, I'm, cu- I'm cutting the carbs. Like, they won't have a kid. They'll say, oh, no, I can't have that bread. I'm cutting the carbs. Right? Um, or, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not eating red meat right now because of whatever situations. We get very nervous with alcohol. It's a very, very tricky subject and the reason being is because everything is thrown in our face that alcohol is acceptable and that an adult should be able to responsibly drink it and yada 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 I had this conversation with someone I'm working with right now and we were talking about the um the stresses of being a mom in general, right? And the stigmas of being a mom. Because women now are stronger than ever because they're, majority of them are still doing the, the, the typical mom duties of the laundry and the cooking and the cleaning and so on and so forth. But now, like, more of them, you see them, like, they're mowing the lawn, they're, like, doing home repairs. Like, it's... And working a full-time job, they're, they're, they're incredible. 
And so the, the stresses that moms in general are taking on are off the roof. Which is why you see more and more uh, women finding it acceptable to have their two or three glasses of wine every single night. And by American standards or whatever standards you may look at, you know, the moderation, I think, for uh, average females is like one to two drinks a day, right? So they feel okay. Like, if I'm having one to two glasses of wine a night, that's... I, get, I deserve that. I'm a mom. I get that. Like, that's my... I'm a mom, you know. I have my wine glass. Mom's wine glass. Right? Um, but that can make it very, very difficult for a mom who wants to, to remove alcohol from their life. Right? Because they, they don't see the benefits of the, the one or two glasses a day and it's actually holding them back from meeting some of the goals that they want to make so it's very hard like you know like for a mom who wants to go to a, a book club like how do we associate book clubs we associate book clubs with wine so if you go to a book club you're supposed to bring your bottle of wine you're supposed to bring your wine glass and some people just want to go to a book club they just want to they just want to read a book and talk about it with friends and they don't want to feel obligated to have uh, a glass of wine while, while they do it. Or, for instance, uh, girls' night out, right? So, girls' night out, no kids, husbands are putting, fathers are putting, the grandparents, whoever's watching the kids, they have them that night. They're going to feed them dinner. They're going to give them their baths, their bedtime stories, get them tucked in, all that. Moms get to go out. It's a Wednesday night. It's a Thursday night. We're going to go out. What do you guys do? You go somewhere and you have drinks, right? Um, which is fine. That's awesome. I get it. You need your time. But for that mom who is, who might be want, is trying to cut it out, um, where do they fit in? Where do they fit in in that group? Do they go and not drink and... Will they be accepted? Or will they be judged? Will they be looked at funny? So they might not just go. They might they might say, no, I'm not going to go. Because, uh, you know, I, my, my obligations are mixed passion. So there's this fine balance between, uh, you know, almost like a mom feels obligated to drink. Because they're a mom. And, you know, it's, 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 it's weird. Now, if that same mom went out for a girls' night and said, I'm going to have a White Claw instead of a glass of wine because I'm watching my carbs, it would be totally accepted, right? It would be like, oh, yeah, she's watching her carbs. That's great. Like, yeah, White Claws, they hardly any hardly have you tried make ultra light or make ultra does it have low carbs so i think that where i'm trying to go with this is um is that as a society as a as people like we just we don't have to explain our decisions 
don't judge people by their decisions. Don't judge because someone's going low carb that they want to lose weight. That might not be the reason. Don't assume that someone who quits alcohol uh, has a problem, is an alcoholic, or can't be responsible, or, you know, um, is being told by their husband or whatever that they can't drink or whatever. Just maybe they just don't want to drink. Maybe they're tired of it. Maybe they don't want to wake up with a headache. If someone decides to go plant-based or vegan, don't assume they hate animals or love animals. Sorry. Don't assume they're like an animal lover. Maybe they just feel better when they eat whole foods and don't eat red meat and don't eat those meat proteins. If someone doesn't eat cheese, don't assume that they're lactose intolerant. Maybe it just maybe they're not maybe they're doing it for gut health. If someone eats gluten-free, don't assume they're a health, they're part of this health fad. Maybe they have celiac disease like I do. Let's just accept people's decisions and respect them and move on. Hey, I hope you guys build your better boat today. Ride the ways that come along. Much love. Embrace the grace. Be elite. If you have not joined our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Go to Facebook, search Build Your Better Boat. Ask to join, I'll let you in for sure. Love y'all, have a great day. All content and media on this podcast is created and published online for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice.